Welcome to Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. And I'm Matt Henry. And we are doing a short episode here today on another spiritual motivator for you. Uh, And this time it is on the will of God. And again, the purpose of this series of episodes is to help you think through, you know, what are the ways to stay focused in your Christian walk and how you might even help others in their walk. Um... The book of Hebrews is a terrifying book for many because they see the warning passages and those tend to haunt us. But the point of those warning passages actually is not to discourage, but to encourage you. Um, it's to remind you that there's there are not many paths to God and salvation. Um, rather, you're to turn your eyes back to the race that you're in and you're to get them off of the detours that uh, our common enemy, Satan, will have us look down. And so we are producing these episodes for you to be encouraged to press on. And we recommend that uh, you would even do this in a small group um, and let episodes like this be the basis for your discussion and uh, your discipleship relationships with one another. Uh, But regardless, today it is on the will of God and how having God's will as your motivator is not only wise, but biblical. And we often find ourselves in the position of, of giving advice to people. And it is common for us to ask the person what is the motivation behind their thought process uh and why that is their motivation um that is a common question isn't yeah it? i mean um, it's like you, it's like the first thing almost like so why <laughs> yeah um and it's not uncommon for people to at that point become vague uh and it becomes even more vague when we ask them how you know a particular decision uh that they are leaning towards is something that will honor the lord or help them grow as a believer. And so knowing the will of God and wanting to live in a manner consistent with his revealed will will bring you much confidence in life. Right. So with that, God's will as a key spiritual motivator. Uh, Paul writes in Romans 12, 1 and 2, a very well-known passage. He says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For what purpose? So that you may prove what is the will of God, or prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So a life that is given to in service to the Lord, he is saying, is a life that is a living sacrifice. It's, it's worship. Now, this is the very first habit Paul tells his readers to put on in light of all that he taught in chapters 1 through 11. That's what he means by, therefore, by the mercies of God, do this. Um, it's everything he just taught in 11 chapters. God's mercy is evidenced in saving sinners, giving forgiveness, and justifying them, as well as even empowering them with the Holy Spirit. Uh, He shows that they're objects of mercy and not of wrath, and so what ought to be their response? Well, Paul then says, it's first of all to present themselves daily in service to him. 
So that means that we are to consider how our choices and actions are in holy service to him rather than to our own passing desires. And then this leads us to the next habit, which is in verse 2, which is resisting conformity to this age's passions and values, and instead making it a life's work to transform our thinking to that of God's passions and values. And so we're all conformed. That's first, we all have to understand that we're all conformed to this age by nature. So Ephesians 2, right? We, we're all dead in our trespasses and sins. And, and that makes it very clear. So, and so part of this sanctification process we all engage in is that of breaking free from the false thinking that this age is constantly bombarding us with. And so if you give it some thought, you realize that this is almost always the issue when you stumble. What you've done is you buy into a lie or you take the path of least resistance, meaning you go with the flow of humanity in the way of how you think and live. But Paul says that the motivation for making your life a sacrifice to God and transforming your mind is for the purpose of proving what is God's will. In other words, as you become more Christ-like, you begin to show in your life and choices how God works in and through you. Your life becomes, in a sense, a billboard for what is good and right and mature. Another good passage is First uh, John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, also a familiar uh, passage. Uh, John writes there, "'Do not love the world nor the things in the world.'" If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away, and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. So here we have John giving two paths of thinking, two paths of living, and two paths of loving. Uh, so to, to love this world and the things in this world is to buy into essentially the depravity of this yeah. age. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, it, it's to mold our lives uh, in conformity with what is passing away rather than what is eternal. Uh, and it's, it's sort of like what Jesus said about storing up your treasures on this earth. Um, you can do that if that's what you want, but you're ultimately going to lose it all. Um, it's in fact designed to pass away, but to conform your life to the will of God is to find eternal life. Uh, in the context of John, the will of God is centered around life and in, in, in the true Christ and the outflow of that life and love for God and love for fellow believers. Um, so, so a stagnant life is a professing believer is a call to examine where your heart is, um, which is a daily task. Right. And you know, what, what's the motive of your life? Look at the fruit of your life and test it against the revealed will of God, which is found in the word of God. And just ask the question, is it consistent with things such as the fruit of the Spirit, for example, you see in Galatians chapter 5? Anytime you, I found a person who's, who would say they're just stagnant, um, that's what's happened. Somewhere they, they've begun to allow themselves to go back into the conformity to this world, right? Yeah, there's, and there's no neutrality. Right. Right. There's no, yeah, I, I've said it many times. It's kind of a simplistic statement, but it, I think it's true is there's no such thing as coasting. Right. Um, it, we do really good, so we think we can coast, but it's really an uphill battle that we're in. So the moment we stop pressing, we start sliding backwards, um, if, yeah. if you will. Well, I, I, I even tried to bring out for the people on Sunday uh, where Paul makes that statement that I die daily. 
Uh, What an intentional mindset that is where he he literally has to wake up every day and put on the mindset that I must kill that old man because that's your natural state, right? If if it's not intentionally, what do I have to do for love of God? You will, by your very nature, just be loving self. And and if you're like us, beloved, you wake up and you're just tired, (laughs) (laughs) right? You're just tired and you're like, ah. Not today, I'm going to slide. And that's exactly what you do, you slide. So uh, it's interesting because in First Peter, the idea of the will of God comes up several times. So one of them is in chapter 2, verse 15, and he says that the will of God is doing what is right, and the result of is that it silences evil and foolish people. So here's the passage, uh, and I'm going to do it in its context. He says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. So that doing right is in the context of in submission to people in authority. So the will of God here is not even a mystery for us to figure out and divine through reading of tea leaves. It is a heart of submission to those in authority. And that's a real issue today for many Christians on all sides of the debate over vaccines, COVID, uh, government intrusion. And, And beloved, memes will not guide you but a clear conscience that is in submission first to God and his commands in the scripture, that will serve you well. Uh, Many go down a path of either rebellion or godless submission, both sides. So I'm going to rebel, that's my right, or I'm going to just blindly submit to everything. Uh, I just preached in Acts 4 where they're confronting for the first time Peter and John, um, the Sanhedrin, and ultimately what... um, Peter says is, look, you judge which, which is right. Do we submit to you or do we submit to God? You, you tell us. And, and already you can see that the, the apostles are struggling because they're not going to submit to them about not talking about Jesus. Um, and, and so right away there's that tension. But some people are in just blind submission, and they say, hey, whatever the government says you do, on the other side, people are racking rounds into their (laughs) AR-15 and flying their don't tread on me flags, you know. Um, Somewhere in there is is a biblical balance. So Peter says in chapter 2, verse 16, the very next verse, he says, so act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. So it's not bond slaves of man. It's how my, my ultimate submission ultimately is first to God, and then that flows toward these governing authorities. Yeah. And then in chapter 4, 1 Peter, we have there three occurrences of God's will. Uh, so he says in 4, 1 through 2, Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose. <laughs> I'll, there's a ironic st- arm yourself. Yes. With. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I could run on that one. Um, why though? Because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. So the point here is that suffering is part of the Christian experience, and so Peter gives some ways that we are to actually prepare ourselves uh, for that suffering so that we don't stumble and fall short uh, of, of 
life, eternal yeah, life. Yeah, salvation. Um, yeah. Uh, and in verses one through two, the motivator there that he gives is that we are to look to Jesus. Um, so we are to re- remind ourselves that our identity is not in categories of this age, but in Jesus Christ exclusively. Right. Right. Um, so he is the true sufferer. And, and though he suffered, the key point there is to understand that he, he came through that suffering right. to the other end and that it was now finished. So we look to the ultimate joy of the one who suffers um, for Christ. Uh, and just as the, the suffering of Christ ultimately led to death, so we too ought to prepare ourselves for that reality. But on the other end of death, we also know that there's life. Uh, sin ceases. We are now free, and our only expectation is that final resurrection. So when that becomes your ultimate motive, then you live not in the lusts of this age, but in accordance to God. Yeah, you're looking far further than the here and now. Yeah, you get an eternal perspective, yeah. right? Uh, and then in verses six through seven of that same chapter, uh, Peter says, for the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are dead, that though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. The end of all things is at hand, therefore be of sound judgment, sober of spirit for the purpose of prayer. Um, so the, here you have a strange sounding passage about preaching even to those who are dead, but it's not as difficult as we tend to make it. Um, though there are various views on this, uh, passage, the best is that it refers to those who have heard the gospel preached to them, but are now dead. Um, The word for, uh, as well as this, shows that the reason is linked back to verse 5 and the impending judgment where God is going to judge the living and the dead. Um, So many shall die due to the sufferings for the name of Christ. Uh, They they are judged by this age as failures and fools. but this is because this age only sees a godless reality. But those who have heard the gospel believed and then they have died for it, those are the ones who um, shall not suffer and then just die. Just, just well, they, they, they'll not only suffer, they're not only going to suffer with death, but they're also going to live. Yeah. Right? I mean, the world can only see, look, that idiot died for his faith. What a fool. But for the Christian, it's like he didn't die. <laughs> right. He's because he's now he's now alive. He's more alive than he was when he was alive here. Yeah, which is First Corinthians fifteen, right? Yeah. Um, so so that that is the will of God. There's a clear passage, right? Uh, and His will can't be thwarted. And this ought to motivate us. We would argue to press on in this life. Right. And so another one in that uh, same chapter in verses seventeen to nineteen, he says, "For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome of for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, let those also who suffer according to the will of God entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. So again, he's talking about still suffering, a call to suffer because suffering is actually normal for the Christian. Here we risk repeating ourselves too much, but it's worth noting that the Apostle Peter is the one who's actually doing that repeating. Suffering for the gospel is one way many people actually end up losing their way in the faith. Uh, They end up being like the shallow soil that Jesus talked about, that when it shows a lot of growth, but then the sun comes out, and that's persecution and suffering, and they 
they fall away. Um, so here, he, uh, Peter tells us that the judgment first starts with God's people and then extends outward. He does not describe the Christian experience in life as one of ease, but actually of one of difficulty. And this is hard for many today to accept in an age of a vague gospel and a very vague Lord. But to suffer as a Christian and for doing what is commanded of all believers is a badge of honor. And to know that you're suffering in accordance to God's will is a tremendous motivator to find hope in God and not in this age. So again, there are other ways we could discuss this whole idea of the motivation through God's will, but we think it's enough for you to take and think upon for yourself. Now, we have multiple episodes on decision-making and the will of God, so if you tend to overthink what it means uh, to be in the will of God, then go back and listen to those episodes, and, and we think that it will help you a lot. But you can go a long way in your life and growth by asking why you should, why you do or you don't do something. Or you could ask it this way, how is it bringing glory to God? Or how is this helping you serve others and die to yourself or be generous or put to death sin and so on? Now, we have many other episodes in the making, so pray for us as we are still continuing to enter into new waters in both of our ministries. Uh, it makes us very busy and, and very fractured, I would say, in our thinking. Uh, pray that we remain faithful to our core responsibilities. But also make sure that you continue to tune in, join the conversation. We would love to hear your thoughts on key spiritual motivators. In, in other words, what are some things that motivates you in your walk? And maybe you can develop those in another episode. And as always, we ask you to not forget to like, share, comment, rate, review on iTunes, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell a friend. <music>